For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What an absolutely incredible victory for your Sacramento Kings as they get the job done in overtime against one of the Western Conference elites. Kings beat the Nuggets at home 100 to 97. Kings up their record to 8 and 10. The Denver Nuggets they are now 13 and four. If you stuck around for this entire game, you had a whole lot of fun. If you didn't give up and flip over to the Iron Bowl and see all those points that Auburn and Alabama were putting up, uh, you were treated to something absolutely special. I'm going to stop short of calling this game a classic because it wasn't a classic. We saw the Kings. I thought the Kings played, particularly on defense, relatively well through the first half. It's just, you know, through through the first quarter of this game, the second quarter of this game, and hell, even through the first half of the third quarter the Kings were just plagued you go back to the game against Philadelphia they just couldn't hit shots and again I thought that they were playing okay defensively but shots just weren't falling and then all of a sudden with about five and a half six minutes left in the third quarter everything changed welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network I'm your host, Damian Barling. I can't thank you enough for being here. I can't thank you enough uh, for tuning in here as part of this long holiday weekend. Hope you had a fantastic uh, holiday. Hope you got all the Black Friday deals that your heart can handle. Hope you stuffed your face and did all that stuff. uh, And hope you stuck around to watch this classic from the Sacramento Kings. Really, just an incredible game. You know, when you go back and you look at that Boston Celtics game, and I told you, you know, the two games against the Boston Celtics, but we'll focus on the one that they won here at the Golden One Center. That was as much fun as I had watching a basketball game, both of them, as a matter of fact. And, you know, you look at that game, you walk away from that Boston Celtics game, and you know Boston had won 10 straight, and you go, man, this is as good of a win as the Sacramento Kings have had all season. But at no point in that game did they trail by 17. At no point in that game did you feel like, man, this just isn't happening for them. Uh, shots aren't falling. Uh, it's just they can't get on a run, uh, or, or more specifically, they can't sustain their run. They would, you know, get five, six points here, nine home run. They just can't do anything in this game, and uh, this just isn't going to happen for them. They got it all the way down to seven and then stretched back out to 13. This, this game isn't connect. This game isn't going to connect. All of that happened in this Denver game. All of the things that I just said didn't happen happen in the Boston game happened here in this Denver game. And uh, I I was able to catch Katie Hunter asking Harrison Barnes there at the end of the game if this was their most impressive win, if this was their biggest win of the season. Harrison Barnes said, you know, yeah, it had to be. I don't I don't know what a player is going to say there in that situation. But, you know, for us as fans, you know, we we look back, you know, Harrison might not be able to, you know, take it all in. Uh, taking the whole season there in that moment. I think we can here on this podcast, you know, we mentioned the Boston games. Their first win of the season was a big one. But this, they were dead. Like, I was already planning, like, how am I, how how am I, how do we talk about this game? I was trying to figure out, like, what is the storyline here in this game? Is it just a matter of missed shots? Is it, 
Is it uh, Mike Malone's defensive scheme? Because you go back and you know, we'll try to start this game. You know, we'll, we'll try to start our, our our breakdown of this game here uh, at the very beginning when when Luke Walton starts to talk. Of course, we'll bring in Luke Walton sound uh, as we always do. And as a friendly reminder, before we get going, if you haven't subscribed yet, if you just heard about us from a friend, become a subscriber. Uh, we drop a podcast after most Kings games. Uh, we try to drop a few other ones during the week when we have the uh, the opportunity to. Uh, if you haven't subscribed or rated or reviewed the show yet, please do that. It goes a, a long way in terms of those ratings, particularly there on Apple Podcasts. Now, Kings fell behind early, and they fell behind big. They turned the ball over a whole lot there uh, in that first quarter, and that was the story of the game. Through one quarter, that was the story of the game. The Kings were turning the ball over too much. And, you know, you you, you want to add a little subplot to that. Not only were they turning the ball over, but the Denver Nuggets were taking advantage of them turning the ball over. And Kings found themselves down 11 at one point. Uh, they were down 10 as the second quarter began. And then, okay, we get going here. Uh, I think the Nuggets scored a basket somewhere that the Kings went on a 9-0 run. It's like, all right, this will work. Nuggets called timeout. Mike Malone made some adjustments. And that was the end of that. And then suddenly, just as the, just as the first quarter was about... Uh, poor shooting by the Sacramento Kings, or excuse me, just as the first quarter was about uh, turnovers by the Sacramento Kings, the second quarter uh, was about poor shooting. And again, subplot to the Kings' poor shooting was Denver. They were six of seven from three in the second quarter alone. The Kings, they were contested on every shot they were taking, whether it was a, a points in the paint, or whether it was a three. They were contested on everything. As a matter of fact, they didn't hit their first three till the two-minute mark. Denver, they shot 56% from three, while the Sacramento Kings were two of 13. We did the math for you. That's 15%. Overall field goal percentage here in the first half, uh, 52% for the Denver Nuggets and 33% for the Sacramento Kings. Kings went into halftime down 17, and... I'm looking at this game at halftime, and I'm thinking, okay, here's the problem. Basketball is a game of runs. We talk about it that we, we we talk about that on this podcast all the time, and, and basketball fans talk about it. It's a game of runs. You never give up on your team during a game because you know that you know we we see twelve two runs, we've seen fourteen four runs during the you know the scope of a game all the time. Those runs are really tough against Denver. You know you don't you just don't see them very often. The, the this this game in terms of you know, the way that Denver wanted to execute, I'm I'm sure they didn't execute it. They, they couldn't have executed any better. They they give up 102 points per game. That's the best in the NBA. They only gave up 100 tonight. But something went south with their shooting there in the second half, which we'll get to in just a minute. But the point being is they're a tremendous defensive team. I just mentioned Mike Malone, how I think he's – uh, the best coach when it comes to, or certainly one of the best coaches when it comes to making in-game adjustments. And you're looking at this going, okay, the Kings are down 17 at halftime against the best defensive team in the league and one of the smartest coaches in the league. So even if the Kings are able to rally off a 9-0 run, you're still down. You're 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 still down a whole bunch of points at that at that point, and, and that's if the the Nuggets are just playing average. So I'm looking at this game like, okay, I don't I don't think they're going to lose by 17. I just don't know how much closer they're going to get. And really, for the start of the third quarter, that's kind of how it played out. The Kings got some looks early there in the third. You saw spacing was better, and this is where Luke Walton deserves a ton of credit. I just talked about Mike Malone and his in-game adjustments. 
Luke Walton made some adjustments that allowed his guys to get free. Buddy Heald was not getting open there in the in the uh, first half at all. As a matter of fact, nobody was getting open in the first half. Every shot that they were taking was contested. Now they were moving the ball a little bit more. There was a little bit more movement without the ball, and we saw guys getting open. Now they were able to take advantage of those uh, open shots as the Kings cut that 17-point lead all the way down to seven. They kept grinding, and the lead briefly got down to three. As the third quarter broke for the fourth, the lead went back up to eight. Now, Kings played really well in that third quarter. Uh, They made a lot of shots. They forced Denver into mistakes. They took advantage of those mistakes. Uh, They just had too much ground to make up. They outscored the Nuggets in in the third quarter 27 to 18, and that's after they were outscored 30 to 23 in the second quarter. But it just felt like, okay, the Kings, they, they gave that push there. They just... They don't have enough, there's there's just, Denver's not that team to make enough mistakes for them to make up all that ground. And then the fourth quarter came along, and all of a sudden, Denver couldn't score. And, and, and I'm not talking about for the entire 12 minutes, but I'm talking about through the progression of the fourth quarter. It's like a basket here, a basket there, a couple baskets here. You know, there's nothing, you just feel like the clock is going to run out. It's basically what the fourth quarter felt like. It's just the clock is going to run out, run out. And then, again, all of a sudden, Denver couldn't score anymore. They couldn't hit anything. 51 seconds left. Kings pull within one, and it's like, oh, all right. Let's see what we got here. Jokic goes to the line, makes one of two free throws. And then Buddy Heald, who I don't think is often praised for having a high basketball IQ, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. In insulting way, I don't think people look at Buddy Heald as a, a particularly heady type of player. We know Buddy's bread and butter is that three-point shot. He caught the ball behind the arc there with just you know about 30 seconds and some change left, and instead, instead of pulling up for that three, he saw the lane, and he took it. He saw the lane, he took it, He was able to tie the game uh, with 22.9 seconds left. He was able to tie the game at 90. That's honestly one of the smartest plays that I think I've seen Buddy ever make. He resisted the urge to shoot a three. Uh, He had the lane. He took it. He was 3 of 13, by the way, from behind the arc at that point. He uh, he had the three. He passed on it, penetrated, got a nice little lay-in. Denver held for the last shot in Sacramento's defense on that final possession there in overtime. Their two biggest possessions of the game. Overtime and the end of regulation. This play here at the end of regulation by Corey Joseph and Rashawn Holmes was absolutely spectacular. We saw a mere, uh, damn near a mirror image of it uh, at the end of overtime. Uh, the Kings, and, and just a, a couple of notes here as overtime got under the way, uh, the Kings took their first lead of the entire game on the first possession of overtime. And that was on a Harrison Barnes jumper. Obviously, the Kings, uh, they go on to win. Uh, 100 to 97. I think we should applaud here uh, a couple of guys. First of all, a hell of a game by by the Denver Nuggets. And if you don't understand what I mean by uh, the 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 way that, that the Nuggets game plan and make adjustments, look at the way that they were guarding Dwayne Dedman to to, to start the game. I think I think Luke Walton realized at some point he just can't play Dwayne Dedman. They were challenging him to shoot everything, and he didn't. And when he did. It didn't pay off for him. 
And I thought Luke Walton, to his credit, as much as I just praised Mike Malone, Luke Walton made some in-game adjustments. One of them was, uh, I'm not going to be able to play Dwayne Dedman very much. Another adjustment that he made, I don't, I don't know if an uh, adjustment is the, the, the proper word for it, but he continues to allow Justin James to get some run out there. And I think Justin James has rewarded him every time he's done that. He's come up big in uh, a variety of different ways. He's continuing to get better on defense. Uh, he's continuing to do well on the offensive end. Uh, we'll talk some more here in just a moment, but let's go to Luke Walton. To 32 in the second half is, is something to be proud of. And I know they missed some shots, but uh, to me it all starts with coming out and being much more physical. Um, not fouling, but just not letting them run their offense smoothly in the second half. Uh, that's a that's an extremely talented team. They they execute well. They got all stars, and, and just really proud of that that effort we came out and played with in the second half. Uh, Rashawn, I thought, really set the tone with being able to blitz guards and get back to his own. JJ came in again. It was a nice spark. Um, Buddy, for as cold as he was most of the night, uh, you know, as he showed his confidence tonight, and that's what we want. You know, him and Bogey, Bogey had a shot late in the clock that they messed up a switch, uh, and he took the three and missed it. I told him I love that shot. That's a dagger right there if you hit it, and I'll take that from him all day. Uh, and then Harrison, obviously, was – we talked about him kind of being that calming force for our group. Uh, and, and tonight he, he showed again why he's so important to us on both ends of the court. Um, Katie Hunter, Kings TV, something that really stuck out, stood out to me was just the rebounding, particularly offensively. 13 offensive boards, 18 points and second chance points, and you guys actually win the battle of the paint. How important was it against this team to be able to have that kind of a performance on the boards and in the paint? Yeah, we would have lost if we didn't have that. And, and a lot of times, I mean, and that's a big team, so... Um, but in the second half, I really thought, you know, our guys, and we'll have all sorts of good clips to show off of that and teach, but that's how we have to team rebound. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, especially as we, you know, eventually get healthy and we can, if we can rebound like that and defend like that and, and now get out into the open court, um, you know, that's when, you know, the, the vision of where our team can go is, you know, gets pretty exciting. It really felt like in the first half, um, a lot of whistles were blowing and not necessarily in your favor. You guys end up shooting 21 free throws tonight, especially coming off a performance in Philly where you only took nine. Yeah. Um, to be able to, to come out with this one, how much of a focus was that to get back into the Yeah, line? you know, we're always working on getting better and that, you know, will change from time early in the season. It was, you know, rebounding and then defense, execution. And, and now, you know, turnovers has been a constant one. And I felt we turned it over too much tonight. Uh, but free throws have been hurting us. The, the amount other teams are shooting compared to us. Uh, and part of that I get is, you know, we don't have De'Aaron and Marvin. Those are probably our best. Uh, throw Harrison in there. Those are probably the two best uh, at getting in the paint and, and making people foul them. Um, but we showed tonight that we, you know, we want to stay aggressive. And we still got 33 threes up, but I felt like we did a nice job of uh, attacking the paint. When we made our our runs, it, it was some threes, and it was, you know, Buddy getting to the... So uh, we want to keep that balance in the way we play. Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. You don't see teams win games very often when their first lead comes in the overtime session. Just do you want your guys to feel that they really accomplished something to, like this kind of means a little bit more given those circumstances? 
Um, no, I want our guys should know like if if it should feel good, but uh, you know we're playing on our home court. We should expect to win games, and I, we know Denver's a very good team, and that's not to take anything away from Denver. But you know we're uh, you know we feel like we have a group that has a chance of winning every night, and so when that game's being played on our home court, it, you know let it feel good, but expect it to happen. And uh, you know I think our you know, our guys are excited right now, but you know, they're not throwing the locker room around in excitement. It was a good, solid win for our group, one that we, you know, we needed and we worked for. Um, you know, Vlade has a rule. You got till midnight to let it hurt. You got till midnight to, to let it feel good. So we'll do it again. We'll feel good until midnight, and then we're back at work tomorrow getting ready for Chicago. Luke, Jason Jones, The Athletic. Uh, it seems like the guys you have right now, Harrison's the guy with the best chance to get to the line uh, in a double-digit range. Are you asking him to attack more or do different things to continue to get to the line, or is it just you know coming in the flow of what you guys will run? Yeah, um, we've t we've talked about it, um, and we always want to we want to flow first. But if we don't have a flow, we we're, we're looking uh, to get Harrison uh, more touches, uh, more aggressively looking uh to to score he's such a good basketball player that he's normally just making the right plays you know even look at this last road trip he was getting 20 a night on probably 70 percent from the floor so uh he he no, he's normally not going to force anything but yeah as a staff we're trying to make a point to be able to get him the ball uh, a little more i think that's one of my favorite things i've ever heard luke walton say uh, expect to win we're on our home floor. No disrespect to Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets, and it's great to be excited. It's great to be happy, but we expect to win these type of games. I absolutely love that way of thinking. That is not a loser's mentality right there. Great. It feels good. We got our first lead into overtime. In, in Vlade's rule of enjoying until midnight, that's great stuff. I, I, I really like that that line there from Luke Walton about you You should always expect to win. It's, it's kind of like that act like you've been there before. It's cool that we got the win. Awesome. We got another game coming up on Monday, so let's keep it going. And 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 there are no there are no moral victories here in the 2019-20 season. So I applaud uh, Luke Walton for the way that he just addressed that. And and I apologize too because I don't feel like I personally have given Harrison Barnes enough love uh, for how well he has played for the Sacramento Kings this season. With Marvin Bagley out and De'Aaron Fox out, he continues to be the anchor of the Sacramento Kings. He had 30 tonight, uh, 10 of 19 shooting. As you just heard, Jason Jones of The Athletic, he talked about uh, Harrison Barnes getting to the free throw line. He was 9 of 10 uh, from the foul line tonight and, and, and made free throws. Made free throws were a big difference tonight. Kings won the game by three. By the way, that was their largest lead of the game. Three largest lead of the game. Largest lead for the Denver Nuggets, 17. Uh, but free throws played a big difference. The Kings were 18 of 21. Both teams shot 21 free throws. Kings made 18. That's 85% of their free throws. The Denver Nuggets, they only made 66. Generally, you see the Kings more in, you know, if you're making 21 free throws, generally you're seeing them making, you know, somewhere closer to 15 or 16 in this conversation. So the fact that they were able to shoot 85%, a big reason that they were able to win this game tonight. And a note that I don't think anybody before the game could have predicted. I don't think anyone, you know, as you enter the season, there are certain categories that you just don't think the Kings are going to win particularly against certain teams, one of them being the Denver Nuggets. Kings out-rebounded the Denver Nuggets, 50-48. to 48. Not only did the Kings out-rebound the Nuggets, they scored more points in the paint than the Denver Nuggets did. No Marvin Bagley, 
No dominant post presence. But they still managed to outscore the Denver Nuggets in this game 52-46. to This Kings team continues to impress me, man. They continue to do things in ways that we haven't seen a team in Sacramento do in a long time and, quite honestly, maybe ever. Like, when was the last time the Kings had a good defensive team? Now, I know... The Kings have had, this is their, you know, their 35-year anniversary, right? The Kings are celebrating 35 years here in Sacramento. The honest-to-God painful truth that we don't like to talk about is the Kings have only been good for eight of those years. And unfortunately for all of us, all of those eight years were clumped together. An eight-year stretch where this was a damn good basketball team. Everything after that was just kind of like, oh, crap. It's getting, it's bad, and now it's getting worse, and then it hits rock bottom, and then you start to see it build up again, and then it hits rock bottom again, and then it starts to get rebuilt. But even, you know, during those, that eight-year stretch, were the Kings ever great defensively? I don't know if the Kings are great defensively yet, but, man, it's really starting to feel like it. The sample size for the way that the Kings are playing on the defensive end is getting very, very large. You know, even, even in games that they've lost, you look back here, they, they beat the Nuggets. They give up 97. They lose to Philadelphia. And, and, and again, no moral victories here. They lose to Philadelphia, but they give up 97. They lose to Boston by one. They give up 103. They beat the Washington Wizards. They give up 106. They lose to the Bro- Brooklyn Nets. That's kind of the aberration there. And then you, you, know, you kind of look around. You go back again to that Celtics you know, 100-99 game. The two-point loss to the Lakers was 99-97. Uh, when they beat the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers, they only scored 99. Like, what team is this? This is the same team. This is the same team that scored 130-something points last year and lost by 20 to the Pelicans. Like, that's insane. That is absolutely insane, and it's a credit to Luke Walton and what he's doing. Now, there is a little bit of time left here in the season. However, I would be remiss if I did not point out that the Sacramento Kings are now tied for the eighth spot in the playoff positioning. I'm just saying, that's just the fact that I'm passing along here. Not saying the Kings are going to make the playoffs, not saying this is the road to the number one seed, just pointing out facts here. The Kings are tied for the eighth spot in the playoffs. They're 8-10 and 10 now, and really what I'm like excited because I was looking at this game like, they dropped this game, and it sure looked like it for two and a half quarters. If they drop this game, they're four games under 500. As well as they've played, that's just one game off of that, you know, the Charlotte Hornets game when they started the season 0-5. I'm thinking, man, as, as well as they've played, we're going to be right back to where they were when this all started. Yeah, they play they have played so much better since the buzzer in that Charlotte Hornets game. And you know, you look at that that tough loss against Los Angeles. You look at the, you know, the the bounce that went their way with Marcus Martin, the Boston Celtics, and the bounce that didn't go their way uh, at the T D Garden just a few days ago. Look at just collectively, you know, other than the Brooklyn Nets, this team hasn't played a bad basketball game since that Charlotte Hornets game. 
That was the other with with the exception, with the one exception being the game in Brooklyn against the Nets. They have not played a bad basketball game since then. They weren't even bad against Philadelphia. Before we wrap up, let's check in with Corey Joseph, who's talking to the media. How big is an accomplishment holding them to like 30-something points, I think, in that second half? It was good. Uh, I think, you know, going, we showed ourselves that we can't do that and we can't play that type of defense. We just got to put a full uh, 48 minutes together. Uh, it was good enough to get the win today. But next game, we're going to have to, you know, bring it for the whole game. Do you remember many games where you guys won a game after taking your first lead in overtime? Uh... No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I don't think we've been in overtime this, this year, so it was it was a good win for us. You know, uh, we kept our boys. Uh, you know, Harris obviously played well down the stretch with the matchups that he was given. Uh, they were switching and he attacked it. Uh, when, when when they came over, he made the right decision and he was scoring for us. Uh, it was big. All- I'll leave that there. Corey Joseph talking to the media. Kings fans, I think you could be proud of this one. Some wins are just whatever. Some losses are just whatever. But this was a this was a really impressive performance by the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the fact that they they just kept grinding. And I love, again, Luke Walton's, whether this is Luke Walton's mentality, you know, rubbing off on the players or the players' mentality, rubbing off on Luke Walton, I'm not sure what it is. But I love that the approach that these guys are like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great win. But, man, we've got to play better. We've got to play better from the first quarter, from the beginning of the first quarter to the end of the fourth. We can't have games where we come back uh, from 17 down. We can't keep putting ourselves in that position because, again, I thought the Kings were playing well defensively through the first half. Uh, it's just the Nuggets were getting shots to fall. Their defense certainly went to a different intensity, and then shots stopped falling for Denver, and the Kings were able to get a win. Arguably, their most impressive win uh, so far this season. And again, and I, I just point this out. I don't mean to be too repetitive. But if you go back and you look at their stretch of basketball since that Charlotte Hornets game where they went to 0-5, you'll be hard-pressed to find a game where you go, and man, they really laid an egg that one. The Brooklyn Nets game is the exception. So one game out of the last, what are we talking here, 13 or so? Yeah, 13 games. One game in the last 13 where you can point at and go, ah, gosh, they were bad that game. They've played good basketball against elite teams uh, over this over over this 13-game stretch. Uh, and this one, uh, for my money, is their most impressive performance. A couple of other notes before we wrap up. Not a good night from Nemanja Bialica, but he was able to contribute 10 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. Let me rephrase that to be more true to the story. Not a good night shooting for Nemanja Bialica, but he was able to contribute 10 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists along with his day. Another double-double for Rashawn Holmes. He had 13 and 10 uh, before fouling out. Lots of minutes for him. Uh, 30 points for Harrison Barnes, as you heard me reference. You heard uh, Luke Walton reference him as well. Uh, Corey Joseph's defense was absolutely major tonight. A terrible shooting night for Buddy Heald, but he came up big uh, with that lay-in that mattered the most. 21 points for Buddy Bogdan Bogdanovich. Rough day for him. 4 of 16. Again, I say rough day from those guys shooting. Uh, the Kings incredibly won this game shooting like 38%. Just really, really incredible stuff here uh, from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, 38.5% from the field, 24% from three. And again, the Kings were able to win that game. Bogdan Bogdanovic, by the way, to finish that thought, um, shot 14 of 16. He finished with 10 points to go along with his five assist and four rebounds. So again, Kings fans, be proud of this one. This was a hell of a game, and this was a hell of a win for the Sacramento Kings as they are now 
two games away from 500. And I don't know why that 500 marker is so uh, important, but it just feels like, man, if they could dig themselves completely out of that hole that they uh, put themselves into to start the season, uh, we could feel a lot more confident about where they're going here. Uh, they've got the Chicago Bulls coming up next. Chicago Bulls at the Golden One Center coming up on Monday. As always, we will have post-game coverage for you. Appreciate you so much for tuning in and being a part of what we're building here on the Sacramento Kings podcast and the Hoopball Podcast Network. If you are not a subscriber yet, become one. If you're just a fan of the NBA, check out the other Hoopball podcasts and include Daily Fantasy Talk, uh, NBA Daily uh, uh, Talk post uh, each day, as well as uh, sports or team-specific uh, podcasts like the one with the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Lakers, Pelicans. They're all out there. Uh, the Hoop Ball Podcast Network is expanding. So thank you so much uh, for being a part of the show here today. And we will be back with you uh, Monday following the Chicago Bulls and the Sacramento Kings. Kings win tonight. 100-97. to 97, They beat the Denver Nuggets. They're now 8-10. and 10. We will see you Monday night.